You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello, listeners. Foot Economist is here with me, and let's see whether I can first time this intro. This is the Foot Weekly podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. We're going to be discussing a new delay-fixing patch a very merry footmas which involves some interesting SPCs, the massive impact of untradeable rewards on SPCs, icons, when to buy, footmas leaks, and much more. And that's despite me needing to do a quicker pod because I've got loads of work on. So, Jamie, you managed to make it home just in time for those footmas festivities. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm finally home from school for the, for the break. And, yeah, it's good to be home. Excited to grind a little bit of FIFA. Yeah, and the big thing actually that's happened apart from Footmas over this past week or so is the fact that we have a console patch which is going to hopefully clear up some of the network issues people have been having with delay, etc. There's some suggestion this is to do with compensating between connections. Jamie, do you want to explain a bit more about that? Yeah, so as I understand it, this was a big thing that was uh, something that I, I, when I played Call of Duty when I was younger, I was I like semi-competitively played Call of Duty. Mm. Um, and then this is something that I sort of dealt with a lot in that community because there's this thing called lag compensation, which uh, when you are going like, so there's one in, in Call of Duty, there's like one central host. There's like one player who has a host uh, connection. And then uh, going to all those different, like from that person's one host, everyone else like connects into the game through that person's connection. Mm. And if one person's or like, I, th- I don't know exactly how it worked, but basically if people's connections that were all connecting to that host were bad, then it sort of brought any- everybody's connection down just a little bit so that it felt uh, fair, I suppose, or it created mm. more of a level playing ground, which, you know, if you're developing a game for a more casual audience, makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're going to have a lot of people that are playing on Wi-Fi. I mean, we know that, you know, I did a poll a couple of weeks back, and we've talked about this before on the pod, but 
you know, 24,000 people vote in that, and out of 24,000 people, 12,000 of those people were playing on Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, and, you know, as we've, as we've discussed before here, uh, playing on Wi-Fi, uh, while at times can be very good, especially uh, recently, well, in the past couple of years with how, um, how far Wi-Fi has come, uh, and, and its reliability and it's con- you know, sort of the, uh, the pain that you can get from it is much better than it used to be, but compared to a wired connection, uh, it's nowhere near what it, the consistency and, and especially the ping. The ping is a big thing. That's the thing that I mm-hmm. think most people uh, get upset about sometimes is when they experience input lag is because their ping goes to the roof for, for whatever reason for, for a couple seconds or a stretch of the game. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. So when, like, I, I guess as I understand it, maybe I'm totally wrong off base here, and maybe it would be helpful if we could have someone here in the future that really understands this kind of stuff, but as I understand it, uh, if one of the player's connections was poor in the game, it sort of both brought you down to a level where, you know, maybe sort of like you played down, if you will, to the, the connection-wise to that the, the player that had the worst connection, mm. so that it was, I guess, quote-unquote fair. Yeah. And so EA have mentioned in their pitch note that they are looking very seriously at the problem of delay in the community, and uh, in the Game changer side of things, and I'm sure, Jamie, you can echo this, that there is a lot of talk about it, a lot of feedback goes to EA about delay and things, and so they are looking at it very seriously, and I guess this came up when they were testing to try and work out what had been causing delay. And personally, as someone who experiences very good gameplay, maybe 60-70% of the time, but then in those other sort of 30%, I guess, of games, I would have delay, sort of a bit of button delay, nothing too major, but it would seriously throw off my game. And so I think... In terms of those kind of issues, that's what the patch is looking to fix. But I know, Jamie, you were playing on a connection which was a little bit suspect, and (laughs) probably you're the kind of person who wouldn't be positively impacted by this so much. Right, yeah, so before I moved apartment, so last year... I was playing on a Wi-Fi connection because I really had no option. I couldn't get an Ethernet. I would have to run like a 400-foot Ethernet or something crazy like that. Mm. Uh, and we'd have to do like renovations to get to drill a hole in a wall. It just wasn't going to work, uh, especially since I was only living there for a year. Uh, so I was playing on Wi-Fi. And it was pretty dodgy Wi-Fi. And honestly, I think I adapted to playing on input delay. Like I think I just got used to it because almost I would imagine like almost every single game mm. uh, I was you know playing with input delay. So I, in a, in a weird sort of roundabout way, I imagine that I was actually at an advantage when I was playing against people who had generally better connections because they weren't used to playing sort of on a on a delay, which is kind of interesting. If um, there was, if I mean, this, this year, I, yeah, if this compensation was happening, your opponent right, exactly. would have been experiencing delay. When normally, exactly. like, like, say, if we played each other, I guess, obviously, playing across the Atlantic, right. that would not have, uh, <laughs> wouldn't have gone well, <laughs> as we tried uh, right. uh, once or twice. Right. Um, but obviously, if we were in the same city or whatever, but our connections were very different quality, it may have been bringing right. down the quality of my connection, um, and yeah. therefore that's going to disadvantage me because um, right. you're going to be quite used to, to playing on right. on, a, on a dodgy it, connection. <laughs> And and you might be thinking like, well, you know, if both people have bad connection, then that's just like sort of the game, you know, sort of how it works, right? Like then, you know, then that's no issue. Then you, you, know, you sort of have to deal with it, right? When, which to an extent is true, to be fair. But you know, there are certain play styles that definitely cater towards having bad connection, which is uh, something that uh, I don't know if too many people sort of like consider. Like you know, last year especially, uh, you know, for people that were our longtime listeners of the pod, will know that my play style last year was perfectly catered towards bad connection. Mm. I like abused, uh, used and abused the shielding mechanic last year and how powerful it was, especially in the beginning of the game. 
um, and would basically pass it up to my striker, uh, you know, who's usually big bodied, like an Iguin or like an Akari. Mm. Uh, I would use the shielding mechanic. I would let my strikers make a run through, and then I would basically do a through ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it it worked really really well. Um, and it didn't take uh, a whole lot of like intricate sort of uh, timed uh, flicks of the left stick to do you know crazy. Uh, you know, in, in intricate dribbling mechanics or dri- dribbling moves, which I think is something that would be uh, much harder to do on a laggy connection. And doesn't it, it doesn't rely on a lot of like accurate passing either, which I think is one of the biggest complaints with with delay connections. Yeah, right, yeah, right. So exactly. So if in a in a situation where I was pulling the connection of another player down, I think I probably had a leg up. Now this year, obviously, my connection situation is a little bit different, and I am playing on a wired connection. Uh, and to be fair, it's sort of interesting. I on a wired connection, I would like uh, sort of presumably should have very good connection uh, and it might be because i'm playing on like a i don't know maybe a college campus or in an area that is sort of like urban maybe it has something to do with the fact that i'm playing people that are closer to me or have better connection but i don't i, I don't know i don't i don't know about you but you said that you know clearly in the beginning of the episode here that you have poor connections sometimes but i don't feel that i often have delay mm. like i i don't notice we have delay that often and the, when i do yeah. it's like really really overtly bad and i can tell like oh i just got a i just got a spike and connection for whatever reason maybe the server's had trouble but like you know i'll, I'll see like my game like freeze like in, in frames right like I'll, mm. I'll be like oh there's some there's some lag but i don't necessarily notice the input delay which is really strange mm. so the interesting thing that i that made me realize that i think this was an issue is i started to try and play a little bit of offline to compare the experience if that makes sense so mm-hmm. to try and test it a little bit i play i was like oh this game feels not so great or just generally, you know, you have those situations where you, you pass it and your player kind of misses the ball or you don't feel like things are quite working as you'd expect, which sometimes is because your opponent's right. a very good player and you're not, um, <laughs> which does obviously happen. But what I do is go into yeah. an offline match, basically, and just check that I was feeling what I thought I was feeling. And generally, yeah, the, the offline match did mm. feel way smoother. And I, That's really because I don't play any offline, so I, I wouldn't be able to compare it, which is an interesting point. Maybe I'm just so used to having well, delay and adapting to delay. I honestly think yeah. that a lot of people who don't have variable connection issues probably just have slight delay constantly or they are happen to connect with people with really good connections as well and it's all quite smooth, which is... I guess possible, huh. depending on... I know people on PC tend to say that the connection is better because most people are playing on wired, so there are some interesting kind of niches <laughs> within the community which probably have better connection. And I think a lot of people who play Division 1, Michael, foot PC, we've had on before, has said that because he's playing on PC in Division 1, he actually has really good connection most of the time um, playing those games. Right. But then it's in Weekend League where he's playing people who are, I guess, lower quality players in terms of ability who aren't so committed who then have trouble playing which kind of totally checks out with what ea think they've found and how to fix it and we should i I do want to caveat this whole thing with neither of us are kind of networking professionals if you know what i mean right so (laughs) our knowledge of this may be slightly flawed but obviously we have picked up plenty over the past couple of years of um, being involved in creating foot content and from different people and also i do have a few people in mind who i'd like to get on to have a a more knowledgeable technical discussion at a level where we can understand, <laughs> hopefully, and we can try and do that and, and make it a bit more broad in its scope. And also the other thing is that it's great if people message in and tell us how they found things because actually, again, we're only two people who have used maybe, or you've used a few different connections. Um, I've used one or two different connections to play, but it's really not um, a huge, <laughs> huge, huge amount right, of players. Right. One thing that is going to, I think, going to be interesting is how the community reacts to this. Because I think this is um, probably going to affect 
different areas in different ways and different types of users in different ways. And it's sort of those two paths to go down and, or explore. The first is, you know, the people that have bad connection, maybe don't know that they have bad connection or, you know, like they're, they're not going to see a difference and they're going to sort of obviously continue well, to And feel. actually, in a way, they might have, they might find it harder because if their opponent yeah. isn't being compensated, if that makes sense, then yeah. they're, they're going to find their opponent is free to kind of play as they were normally playing and right. they're not so yeah that's true that those people are going to be quite badly affected by it essentially and then the second group is the people that have high latency because they are maybe far away from a server right so like what if like, how does it work now if one person's very far away from a server and has high latency to that server or like the you know the, the, like a dedicated server right that you know both of you are connecting to and then the other person is like close to the server and has you know, low latency right and has is a very good connection to it um, and maybe I'm sort of messing up some of the technicalities there uh, but you know does that mean that that one person that's like far away from a server or living in a remote area is going to struggle now like sort of forever because in every single game that they get into because now you know if they're facing someone who's closer to the server uh, that you know they're they're you know, playing with. Are they going to struggle every single time now? Or, you know, how, how is that going to affect people in, like, sort of some of the countries that, you know, like South America, I know, complains about their servers all the time. You know, does EA have you know, weaker servers in South America? That's something that I, you know, don't think we'll ever really know for sure. But unless they sort of give us, like, a heat map of where they have all their servers. Mm-hmm. But I suppose there is a suspicion just on anecdotal evidence that players who are in Italy and in uh, Spain and South America, certainly, and other parts of the world, do struggle in terms of their connection and it seems like too widespread to be just individuals having a poor connection if that makes sense um one thing that i would say on this though is the thing that this isn't going to fix i guess is there are lots of people out there who unfortunately the isp does throttle their connection at peak times and they may be experiencing really good gameplay when they're playing off peak but actually when they're playing at peak times the gameplay isn't so good and the problem with this is that there's actually some interesting stuff about a website called speed test i think it's .net or something that you can test your ping and all that kind of stuff on we're actually going to sue some isps because when you do a speed test the internet service provider can actually notice that you're doing that and then give you access to their full bandwidth yeah oh wow that's pretty manipulative yeah so things like speed tests are not necessarily going to give you a very good gauge of how your internet is at that time so if you if you're getting lag on a friday night and you go and do a speed test as you're playing you're not gonna actually get a very accurate reading because it's quite possible that your isp is just opening up bandwidth to the speed test yeah yeah you know one thing i think they should do uh ea that is would be to add an option to see latency I mean, most competitive games that I know, I mean, Battlefield even does that, right? So EA has the ability, Battlefield being a game that EA makes, you would assume that you could, you know, EA Sports FIFA could, you know, knock on the door of DICE uh, and be like, hey, DICE, you know, how do you do that for Battlefield? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't think it's like a how to do it issue as much as maybe, you know how in shooting games it's like really common. It's it's just in the game and it's a, a thing where, you know, FIFA, it's a bit different. There's a lot of casual gamers who play FIFA fairly seriously who aren't that familiar with other games i suppose but that said ping by number rather than bars would be really really good on that though i think we're ready to move on we've got plenty more coming including when to buy from the foot economist a david hair review some festive footmas action santa baby just slip a sable under the tree 
Just in case you missed it last week, you'll be pleased to hear we're giving you a present for Christmas. Well, not quite, but we are doing our first ever pod giveaway. Yeah, I know it's been three years and we haven't done one, but no better time than the present. We're giving away a present in the form of your choice of two incredible art of football prints. If you Google art of football and click on the first result, you'll see loads of fantastic prints. All you have to do is email footweekly at mail.com. Some of you may have emailed your questions into that address before, but for those who haven't, that's footweekly at mail.com, so not gmail, mail.com. Do check out the other giveaway on Twitter as well, and as a gift to everyone who listens to the Foot Weekly podcast, they've agreed to give 15% off exclusively to our listeners. That's 15% using the code FOOTPOD, on their website to buy any of their tees, jumpers, loads more. So if you don't quite get what you wanted for Christmas, then just quick sell that link set and invest in a tee of messy breaking bird tanks ankles. And of course, don't forget to enter that giveaway. Art of football to footweekly at mail.com and have a very Merry Christmas. What's up guys, this is Andy AJ Free and you're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome back listeners after the break and Jamie are you proud of being part of what is probably the earliest break in <laughs> weekly history? You know I don't know if we should be proud of it but it's certainly a record um, uh, yeah. and setting records is always fun. Yeah I mean that's what we're all about here at the Foot Weekly Podcast setting records right. um, and actually record highs for prices of footmas items this year I'd say. <laughs> yeah they're expensive right it's interesting how they've priced some of them uh, and you know I get some of the arguments of you know, the reasons that they might be expensive, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people have untradeable rivals rewards in their wait, clubs. Sorry, just to interrupt a sec. Obviously, there is this thing that the market and demand sets the price, right? Supply and demand. But right. is it fair to say that these SPCs haven't pushed up the prices of those like 83s, 84s enough to kind of suggest that it is the market that's setting the price? It is more likely that it is just roughly base level of those cards that is setting the price, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so if EA wanted to, right, like they could easily make these cheaper. Like, if that, is that what you're trying yeah, to? Like, yeah, they could I'm easily like, make it's them not cheaper. the market that's setting the price there, is it? It is EA in this in these. Yeah, well, I mean, also you're you're right in the sense that if it, for like some of the lower rated ones, well, even even with like some of the high rated ones too, like you have you know eighty eighty five eighty seven through eight, you know ninety rated cards have risen like a lot, you know, 20, 30%. Mm. Uh, so there is um, like sort of a market dynamic there that's, you know, that, that's setting the price. But I think some of the reason that uh, those high rated cards are maybe being used is because people have, again, like sort of those untradeable division rivals rewards already in their club. Mm. And, you know, maybe they didn't pack like an 88 and that was like the last thing that they need to go buy. And maybe that's the reason that they're, they're higher. I don't know, maybe I'm reaching a bit there. Um, Obviously the Icon SPCs would also be a factor in raising the price of the like, top end by that much. Right, right? yeah. That's fair. But, but then fair. I suppose the yeah. lower end doesn't feel like it's risen a huge amount. And, and so, to be fair though, like I think a lot of it has to do with a couple things. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if there's a as the same amount of demand for these as there was last year. Maybe I'm looking sort of back at last year with rose tinted glasses, which uh, we are uh, you know, prone to doing mm. uh, in sort of uh, really anything. But I think especially in the FIFA community, looking back at previous uh, promotions. But a lot of these have been, uh, you know, sort of like as some examples, right? Like, you know, an Iniesta that was released. You know, aside from sentimental value, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be completing an Iniesta. Mm. Uh, and to be fair, there's a fair number of those last year. But you also have like a, a Balotelli who was, you know, arguably outclassed by sort of really any, anyone that played his position. Aside from maybe if he was like the second tier striker in an Italian squad, you could maybe make the argument that he was better than uh, an Immobile. But like, you know, he's sort of. 
uh, hindered uh, and crippled by his poor stamina and maybe some of his work rates. And The big thing for um, me is actually his reactions. They're below 70, which for a striker, it's just, you know, right. you need those um, reactions. And, you know, sort of, there, there's also like other, you know, they, they released uh, a left wing Rashford. They released a, a left wing um, striker, Son, which, you know, to be, I, I guess, uh, through Freddie EA is sort of where they play, um, I guess, or at least where their base card is. So, you know, you could make the argument, well, then, yeah, that makes sense in terms of what they've done in the previous uh, previous years, where they haven't done position change cards for Footmas. Mm. Uh, but, you know, because the Premier League has so many left wings, uh, you just don't need another one. Plus, another thing that's, I guess, different this year is you have the UCL cards. So for a lot of the higher-rated cards, um, you know, for like a Kadira or for a, uh, a Sun, you have this, uh, I guess you can call it a quote-unquote special card already that has similar stats. Um, to be fair, they have given some decent boosts to the informs, or sorry, the SBCs compared to the UCLs, but you could get this sort of discounted special item for, for much cheaper. And also, I mean, all that said, there were a couple that I think were uh, decent value for money. For example, uh, the two Swiss guys, the Ikanjia and Zakaria, um, I think were were all right. And there's a couple ones, I believe, on the first day. A lot of people did, did Torea as well. Wait, so you think, uh, wait, were, you thought Ikanjia was good value? I thought he was like 100k or something. He was 100k. So I, this is a really, really interesting debate that I had, and I, and I really liked having this debate with mm. people on Twitter. If you looked at a lot of his stats, his his agility, his balance, his pace, and his acceleration were phenomenal. Like so, some no, of the no, best no. first. Like, I think this is a really interesting point, and I, I totally agree with you because he does have some outstanding stats. Right. He's got like really good ball playing stats, 85 short passing, and his uh, pace is in is like mid 90s. So you're right. totally right. I just he's got a few issues like his inception is 86, right. aggression is only 72, which isn't like that great for a centre back. This is with shadow, I should say. Yeah. So I, I don't know, and obviously bear in mind that if you want to boost his aggression, you're probably reducing his interceptions even further. So he has got like a, a floor as such, and he's medium, medium, and like I don't know, which is which is totally valid. Plus 95k for an 82 rated card. If he had an inform, it wouldn't be anywhere near that price. But yeah. I think the argument was. Is if you're making a Bundesliga squad, I think he's arguably the the second best centre back. Yeah, aside, yeah. if you didn't do the UCL TA mm. or the U, uh, U, Europa League TA uh, SPC, or sorry, the Daily Objective. Well, actually, it was well, an SPC as well. Well, actually, yeah. And also, to be fair, I've used that UCL TA, and some people rave about him, but I can't, I can't, do, I can't deal with him. I've watched right, yeah, some of He's his, not very agile. He's, he doesn't have good balance. He's really hard to manoeuvre. So, I, I think th- I think this could be the one of the best centre backs in the league. You're right. Right, yeah, so if you're making a Bundesliga squad, it's basically a question of how much you're willing to pay for the second best Bundesliga mm. center back. And honestly, you could always, like, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but I think you can honestly make the argument that he's better than Boateng. Boateng this year is just not what he oh, was yeah. last year. I think for the same reason as he's just not mobile. Like. You know, he, obviously, he doesn't have the links, um, but I think you could genuinely make the argument that he was like, you know, one of the best center backs. Anyway, moving on from that, I think just overall, once again, maybe we're looking at sort of back at like sort of rose-tinted glasses at, you know, at last year, but sort of those combination of factors uh, I think contributed to maybe making some of these SBCs uh, sort of the price, uh, the fact that we have a lot of very good substitute goods in the positions that they released, mm. uh, the fact that a lot of people have untradeable uh, cards that they can use in their club, so they're willing to go out and pay for maybe some of those higher rated uh, cards just to you know fill them in, and and then you have to consider. So if if people are using untradeables, well they don't they can't make it too cheap, right? Because then everyone's going to do them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a problem? I don't know, but maybe maybe EA does see it as a problem because if they make it way too cheap and people can just get them done for virtually well. It's here's the thing, right? Like the tricky thing about pricing SBCs. As if, like, oh, well, people are going to have like at least 30k worth of value in the club when they do this. Is well, what if you didn't 
check, what if you didn't take untradeable division rivals rewards? Or what if you don't play division rivals? You know, maybe, <laughs> I guess maybe the argument is, well, you should be playing division <laughs> rivals, but, you know, how do you, you know, how does that, how does that sort of value proposition work out? Because you are forfeiting value when you take untradeable rivals rewards. I guess maybe going forward, the thing would be if they continue pricing SBCs like this is, well, you just got to take untradeable division rivals rewards because you're, you have a better chance of packing something. And if, especially if you don't trade, right? And the, and the coins aren't valued, valuable to you in the short term mm. in the sense that you could take those coins and invest them in things, then I think you're probably going to end up, especially if they keep doing SBCs priced the way that they are, I think you're going to have a, a better store of value or at least uh, a, a decent store of value with a very high upside of packing something nice if you take untradeable division rivals rewards. I think untradeable rivals rewards from EA are perhaps like genius on their part um, because hmm. if you think that EA want people to buy packs, ultimately that's their goal, reducing their buying power continuously because if you think the replacement was, say, divisions which was giving you coins constantly mm. you're now in a situation where a huge percentage of the player base are locking themselves into untradables rather than having coins which means when big promotions come and say team of the group stage for example and you have to use coins to buy players people are actually left with loads of untradables but no coins if that makes sense right. and that might be one of the reasons right. why you've seen so such big prices for tradable pack rewards like from SPCs. So like with the Sandro right. being so high, because people have these untradable items and they want to, but they need to convert them into coins. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting the way the markets, I guess, the, yeah. what would you call it? Like the club management meta? Almost. Yeah, the dynamics. Of play yeah. yeah, and it's really, I think you make a good point about people, you know, like when you have like a very specific requirement, like a German inform, right? You'll see that that flies, mm. right? And it might be partially due to the fact that people have, in their clubs, they have stocked uh, a bunch of untradable decently high-rated cards. They can put together a, a relatively high-rated squad and get that out of the way without really going and breaking the back. And they say, oh, now all I need to buy now is an inform. Uh, and they go, well, 70K for a German inform? I can still I can still, you know, afford <laughs> that or I can foot that bill because I have the rest of it untradeable. And they don't really think about like, well, think about the value that I'm turning in here. It's, well, I, I can't get this value back anyway because I've decided to take division rivals rewards untradeable. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's sort of this weird, like kind of sunk cost fallacy kind of playing in the play here. It's... It, it's as you said, it's a very interesting club management. It's also bizarre uh, because having cool. picked untradeable rivals rewards maybe, I don't know, a couple of times since the start of the game, I don't see how anyone's getting sort of an 86 squad for Lacazette in that, <laughs> even if they pick them every week, you know? So you're not on the red list is what you're saying? I'm definitely not on the red list. <laughs> I'm on the dead <laughs> list. No, actually, I am on the red list. My, my uh, red rewards have actually been very good, but apart from that, my yeah. rewards have been poor. So, Oh, actually, okay, that's a bit of a lie. I did pack Hazard a few weeks ago, but, you know, <laughs> let's move on from my... Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, <that's> <laughs> uh, I suppose what we're trying to get at here is that there's almost this increasing divergence in the way people are, like, using their coins and, and using their rewards if you like so it makes things kind of interesting when you come to points like this where everyone's looking at the same to pick up the same items almost because there are people with lots of untradables there are people without many untradables and i suppose that may in a weird sense be making people who have coins stay away from untradable items even more right. <laughs> because certainly someone who has a lot of coins but not many untradable items the cost of these SBCs has really put me off when I think that there's a team of the week coming this week or it's out at the moment right. we can talk about it. They, these players are not going to be nearly the same price as these right. untradeable rewards which have a little bit of snow on top. Right. Yeah. Do you no, know what right. I mean? And uh, One thing I think that could, I, I, before we sort of move on from this point in general too is uh, you know, to be fair uh, 
like some of these SBCs as well, some of the higher rated ones in particular, you know, why they might not have, or they might not look like the best value because, you know, for that Katira, right, you're like outright paying what, like 50K or something like that for an 87 rated card. But at the same time, you could turn you could turn around and turn that 87 rated card into like an Icon SBC uh, for, for a decent price, which transitioned nicely into another thing that they dropped <laughs> during this period, mm. um, which is which is the Icon SBCs. And or at least another thing sort of notably is that they've expired Icon set number three and taken away Aside from Balak, they've taken around, taken away the icon requirement, which is taking a lot of pressure off of the uh, baby or the base icon market. It's also they've, they've dropped the Soul Campbell uh, and they've, they've dropped the um, what's his name? The, is it Rui Zola? Costa? No, Rui Costa as well. Yep. And both of them being relatively cheap has put some pressure, uh, downward pressure on the prices of the base icons, baby icons, which I think is something the community has been asking for for a while, and it's a good thing because you know you, obviously you're seeing uh, some more substitute goods coming onto the market because you know people are you know, some of these icons are starting to get into the range of like affordability again which is nice to see uh, and i also think it's it's nice because a lot of people are like well finally right right because now i can i can finally you like you know a lot of people went out and got balak a lot of people went out and got soul campbell and it's good to see that sort of that icon market get reinvigorated again so if there's anything that they did right uh the rework to the icon spc mm. i can i hope they continue to do that in the future in the way that they've done them this time which is individual requirements i think the prime icon sets made things a little bit messy especially when you had uh, an icon requirement in it you know, some of the valuations it made, like, only one or two in the set worth it, right? And then, yep. like, the other one basically got no, the other two got no love um, because, you know, their pricing was just a little bit off. And then we've, we've sort of beaten the dead horse over and over again about what that does to the icon, baby icon market. So we won't have to cover that again. But, mm. yeah, I, I think of, of, you know, one of the things that they did well was, was that. And plus, obviously, more to come, right, in terms of uh, things to be, you know, keeping out for on the radar um, or keeping an eye out for on the radars. You know, post-Christmas last year, they had uh, Team League SBCs. They dropped two of them, in fact. They dropped one for Team League 14 and Team League 15. So as we uh, heading head into our discussions in here a little bit about Team League 14, keep that in mind in terms of mm. uh, pricing, That's uh, really is that there's a decent chance that there's going to be uh, Team League 14 SBC. And we've, you know, especially people that have uh, been through Team League 10 this year and last year will understand what that does to the Team League prices, uh, aka it makes them much cheaper. Um, yeah, especially at the so, sort of like mid-range. Um, right, exactly. Especially exactly. Also, so going back to icons, I don't think that their intention was to ever do this, and it is good that they've done this, and I think it's a positive move for the market. It's good to see baby icons, or well, just lower-priced lower icons generally, taking quite a significant drop. Um, but we do have a question here from a gentleman called Alex Mancuso, and he asks, what's the price floor for base icons, assuming no SPC is coming? I'm assuming he means base icon SPC. Right, yeah. Well, so sort of to maybe answer the first part of the question, I don't think we're going to get a base icon SBC. Just if I was a betting man, I don't think it's coming until much later in the year. We've talked about, I think, uh, on the podcast, the yeah, incentives yeah. Uh, that are would disincentivize the A from doing that. So assuming that's not coming, I think the price for I mean, right now, as, we, as we're recording this, or somewhere in the range of 600K, I think... You know they've dropped relatively too lightweight, or too recently they dropped two lightweight, three light, lightweight uh, icons. I think maybe they want to finish with the finish strong, or sort of finish on a high note. So maybe I would anticipate that uh, this is sort of one of the cheaper SPCs that we have out right now for the icons, or you know these are the cheaper ones that we've gonna that we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that in mind, I think somewhere in the range of five fifty to six hundred is probably a, a decent um, range to be you know, considering these guys to get down to in terms of like what they are for for a tradable um, value. And one thing I think that I see a lot of misconceptions about this on Twitter is you they'll look at the price of the baby icon SBC someone like a or sorry not a baby icon SBC but like a Soul Campbell and they'll go 
oh, 720K. I mean, it's, you know, why would you, you would just go out and buy the, the regular icon? We have to remember that you're getting quite a bit of value back from packs, mm. uh, especially for like that Soul Campbell, because there's no icon requirement. There's quite a bit of opportunity for them to put in packs. And I haven't done a full analysis on it, but it's somewhere in the range of 50 to 70K worth of value that you're getting in there. That's minimum. Plus, isn't it? That's, that's like, if, yeah. if your packs are bad. Yeah. Right. That's like very, very average, yeah. you know, especially if, when you spread out uh, and you're opening up. I think it's like something like seven packs that are at least 20K in value. Um, you know, you're bound to have a little bit of decent luck, right? Unless you have really, really poor luck. And, mm. you know, the one thing that I think I need to make a little bit more clear about some of my calculations for the SBC values in terms of the resale value of the packs is that it is assuming bare minimum luck, like very poor luck, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. I think sort of is the, the par for the course. But if you get lucky on like one of the 100K packs that they're giving you in that Sol Campbell SBC, well, then you're then you're sitting pretty, especially at some of the inflated prices of some of the higher end cards right now. So yeah, I totally um, agree. I think that's and, and, something that people have to consider with the with the icons. And in terms of looking a bit further kind of forward, we've got Footmas, we're going to have these icon SPCs, but surely if they're releasing the icons individually, we should expect quite, considering how many there are, quite a continual stream of icons going forward. Mm. If people are thinking, oh, I'd quite like to do a cheap icon SPC, which does kind of make sense because you can resubmit to a higher tier icon, you would kind of say, well, maybe going forward we might have a fair few more over the coming sort of month or so right yeah absolutely and with team of the year around the corner potentially you know the, the market may drop a little bit further even the dynamics of that could be sort of interesting too like sort of as sort of like a black friday kind of sense right because with the mm. uh, the coin infusion yeah. that team of the year does bring so there's going to be obviously niches of uh cards that are going to go uh, actually up during team of the year but um you no, know, you're right. Like exactly, so that the icons could come down a little bit, as especially some of the higher rated ones, uh, which would put pressure on like the the ones that are just below them in terms of like the meta lineup, if you will, because yeah. you know guys like Hull, you know, you're going to have the oh well, I can use uh, I don't know Team of the Year Conte, right? So there's going to be substitute, substitute goods coming into market, which is sort of like a trickle down, sort of like top down pushing down prices, which is always uh, you know a dynamic that tends to play itself out when you have high level cards being released. And then I guess one more thing I did want to I, I want to say before we move on to uh, a team league discussion is that one thing that's been really nice about Footmas and like a huge, huge improvement from last year, and this is uh, more so in the community that we, uh, you and I, Ben, and I'm assuming a lot of the listeners to the pod deal with uh, on Twitter, is that there's been no leaks, which has been yeah, um, it's been fantastic. A, a, yeah. A fantastic uh, change, right? Because every day at 6 p.m. you have people excited on Twitter talking about it, and sort of ironically, I think it <laughs> might have contributed to some of the disappointment because. I mean, let's be honest, right? Misery loves company. And you know, tweeting uh, poorly about EA, uh, bashing on them, uh, just be in the, the nature of the community, it gets more likes, it gets more engagement. Yeah. And it's just sort of, you know, again, misery loves company. So uh, maybe that's sort of contributed to some of the sour attitude around some of the releases of, of these SPCs initially. But I think sort of, you know, when it comes down to like sort of the nitty gritty, I think a lot of people are actually relatively uh, pleased with some of the, the releases, um, or at least are, are doing so, are doing some of the releases, uh, maybe not you know, publicizing on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, I should say that I know I was being more negative about the pricing of it, but I think in terms of the player selection, like who they've brought out as cards, I mean, you think of Torero was a good one, and there are plenty of really interesting cards going on at sort of different levels for different people and in different leagues. But I think overall... I'd say it's been positive and I think the as you say the leak factor or the lack of leaks for the committed players who are on Twitter a lot and things it makes such a big difference to come into each day thinking oh we don't know what we're going to get and I think that's really positive and and actually I want to say that a lot of people think this is something simple but actually there are a lot of people involved in the process and leaks are not so easy to stop as you'd think you know the think about the fact that he is a global company their social media operates throughout the world Obviously, EA don't have every single language covered 
in their headquarters, if you think about this logically. So it's not going to be quite as easy as you might think to ensure that nobody gets things ahead of time. Right, exactly. Another thing too, just one more point on that, on that. It's like, it's been a huge difference as a content creator, especially that, you know, creates like sort of like daily content around this kind of stuff. Not having leaks is a big mm, deal. Mm, definitely. Yeah. You know, we can get people excited uh, about the daily release, which is a big deal for engagement and viewers, and which is you know, obviously, you know, you're sort of like a sort of trickle-down effect, very good for EA, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, when you have content creators excited, they create better content. When you create better content, you have people more interested in that content, and by sort of the nature of it, uh, more interested in the game and engagement rates, I imagine EA are seeing are higher. And talking of which, if you want to consume your content for Economist, where, where would people do that? Uh, well, uh, apart from the normal platform of Twitter, which uh, I'm sure most listeners are probably familiar with by now, is on Twitch. I've, I've recently started really picking up my, my Twitch game. So twitch.com, I think, forward slash foot economist. Um, I th- there's no underscore on Twitch, which is like the... Yeah, and I should say, you know, if you haven't had your question answered by us on this podcast, then I'm sure for Economist will give you an answer on his stream so yeah just go and yeah check you might out. have to ask an equine question though yeah, yeah he has a clever system for asking questions but just say you're listening to the foot weekly pod and you love the show and i'm sure he'll he won't worry about that and he'll answer your question exactly uh but we should get into something else which has been very good content this week the team of the week it is a very very good team of the week mm. just in time for christmas with jesus in there as well it's just uh, <laughs> i knew you were gonna make that uh, <laughs> just so predictable let's move on to the team of the week itself what i love about this team is you've got players like griezmann messi gabriel jesus fabinho kimmich Zich, sommer and duncan and i wanted to actually get into duncan straight away because I really enjoy it when we can chat about the team of the week on the podcast and there is genuinely that player for sort of, I don't know, 15k or lower, kind of dynamite discard, I guess, team of the week option. And he looks really, really good. He's in the Serie A, he's gone in, so he's not fantastic to link. But if you did Boateng's SBC for that flashback card, then you'll be pretty excited Mm. because he gets a perfect link with Boateng, Duncan does. And what is also good about this card is that he's one of those players who's super well-rounded, so he can pass it. He's got 88 short passing. That's, you know, unboosted. But he's also very strong defensively. You're talking, you know, mid-80s for all his... Well, actually, higher than that, you know, he's got high uh, interceptions and sliding tackle, but really good standing tackle marking, etc. with Shadow. And he's really quick. Um, but he's also got a high defensive work rate and medium attacking. And obviously, we talked a lot about work rates, how important they are um, a few weeks ago. And for me... If I had, it was I was running a Serie A team. He's left-footed as well, catches people out. I, I'd give him a go. I think he could be, you know, like a fairly dependable option. He's not got the best yeah. stamina actually, eighty-four. But if he's kind of staying back and doing his job defensively, like I think he could be a really good chap. Absolutely, Jamie. I don't know whether there's anyone there that you quite like the look of, whether it's sort of investment or a gameplay perspective. From a gameplay perspective, I'm interested in that Witzel card. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. I think the, especially in the Bundesliga, there's sort of this weird gap in the in the center center mid department i mean obviously you have that renato sanchez but he's a bit expensive uh you have goretzka but i think he's just starting to get past at this point in the game especially the regular gold goretzka is starting to you know he's, he's starting to feel a little bit lackluster compared to some of the other options that you could be running with you know obviously you also have guys like royce and and you know goza but you, if you didn't do the goza sbc and you know both of them aren't really center mid options so if you're looking for like an out and out center mid and you didn't do the sicaria card mm. uh then yeah i think that whistle card could be very very interesting in terms of a, a second option um, especially yeah. with some of the how you know they've been kind to infamous wise they've been kind to the bundesliga so and sort of as the the bundesliga hype man uh, it, it's good to see <laughs> you know cards in the bundesliga like a whistle uh, do well and if you look at some of the stats i mean you know, the likes of the 
you know, 90 stamina is also you know very very good for a box to box. 88 composure is mm. is nice. He's got some uh, decent agility. 83 agility. His balance is the one thing that always throws off cards like Witzel for me. Yeah, I yeah. think one card like if he gets one more inform, uh, he's going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah, um, I know what you mean actually. And there's a, I mean there's a couple cards like that right now, but especially as he would get an 86, wouldn't he as well? Which right is a really nice exactly. upgrade. Skimmed through a load of the players quickly, but Fabinho is quite an interesting one. Um, potentially a high value item to, to get as well and I think people's red rewards are going to be looking really nice there are lots of high rated cards as well so you know for submitting those into Footmas SBCs then that's really really handy I suppose and just overall I think it's a quite nice team it's even got an 86 on the bench which is quite rare and yeah. I don't know Jamie whether you want to quickly just shout out any players from investment perspectives in this team of the week they could get very cheap of course next week but i know team of the week 10 a lot of people thought wasn't worth investing in just because there was so much yeah. supply so is that a similar situation this week so um, th- well to be fair there's a couple cards in team week 10 that did rebound so it's going to be sort of a case-to-case basis depending on price valuations and you know i think the big thing was taking a look at um you know if there's a card in the short term that you know say we get a I don't know, some sort of center mid, just as an example. Say we get sort of like a center mid footmas card and Fabinho is, you know, he's he's pushed down in price a little bit more when we get that Team League SBC because people are like, well, why would I go get Fabinho if I already mm-hmm. have, you know, X card in my you know in my club? Um, that like long term, when the people, you know, don't have the option to go do that SBC, that they could rebound. And there's, a, you know, again, there's a couple cards in Team League 10 that rebounded um, even without those kind of factors playing into it. I will also say that Team League 10 discard investments didn't do particularly well. Again, because that just the, the sheer supply. So when you're looking at valuations for some of these, uh, just keep that in mind that long term, and we are sort of uh, after this footmas event, we are a ways away from having heavy hitting SBC requiring car- like you know, SBCs, especially for uh, the lower end, right? Obviously, mm. if we they continue in the fashion that they have for the icon SBCs and requiring some of the higher rated ones, and we've seen those go up quite a bit. You know, just the supply, the sheer supply of some of these 81s, 82s uh, could be overwhelming. Yeah. So just to end this week's podcast, I'm going to do a very quick review. It's made quite easy because it's a goalkeeper. I finally got around to building a team which involves David De Gea. Uh, it was weird. I happened to like snipe him really cheap when I was checking his price. So I thought, oh, <laughs> I might as well get him into my team and, and give him a go. And I've been using Courtois for a long time. I'd used a few inform keepers. Yet again, I think EA are not boosting reactions for goalkeeper's special cards, which is obviously really important. Reactions are, as you may have heard in this Gameplay Producer podcast we did quite early on in the year, reactions would play a key part in how good a keeper is. And De Gea has by far the best reactions of any non-icon keeper, I think, but even keeper in the game. Um, he has 90 reactions. Someone like Courtois, I think, has 85 or 83. So with Glove, he has 99 diving, 99 handling, 99 positioning, 94 reflexes, but he's also got 90 reactions. Um, so... I think all I'm going to say is he plays as you'd expect for a keeper of his ability. He's not going to feel like an unbeatable keeper. I think it's important to remember that, you know, with how good shooting is, with the boost that attacking players get, you know, it's it's never going to be a case where De Gea is suddenly incredible. And in fact, almost all keepers, you can boost the 99s with chemistry styles. So um, <laughs> it's not quite that amazing. But basically, if you're running a Premier League team, I think he's worth it. And if you're running a team where you can fit him in somehow, I'd, I'd do that i think it's a really good card well there you have it so it's been a bit of a i guess a, a brief podcast a, uh, a succinct version of the foot weekly podcast um hopefully uh, it won't be too long 
before we, the next podcast. I can't confirm 100% just because it's Christmas, but I do have a particularly special guest in mind, so um, we'll see whether that comes off. It's not Santa Claus, although uh, if anyone wants to come <laughs> on as Santa Claus, feel free. Um, Jamie, thank you very much for joining me. It's been great to have you. Fun as always, Ben. Thank you very much. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for this festive Foot Weekly podcast. See you very soon. Just before you leave us, please do enter our giveaway by emailing footweekly at mail.com. That's footweekly at mail.com with the subject Art of Football to be entered into a competition to win one of Art of Football's incredible prints. Don't forget, you can also get an exclusive Foot Weekly 15% off with the code FOOTPOD on their website. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Finally, playing FIFA can be a frustrating and disheartening experience, and that's a little bit like life, really. And if things are getting you down, then don't worry, because Calm is there. Support from the Campaign Against Living Miserably is available on thecalmzone.net. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.